Hello, everyone. This is Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awakened Tarot podcast. Uh, you know, as always, yeah, it doesn't take much time on, you know, TikTok or Twitter or the internet or whatever news source you go to to see that things are kind of really difficult. Um, you know, the ongoing war in Ukraine. Um, we still have this terrible legislation in Florida with the Don't Say Gay bill that's being contested and protested currently. The legislation attacking trans rights in Texas and then here in Tennessee, a anti-abortion bill is trying to be passed that would, um, you know, it's the same thing. They modeled it after Texas's anti-abortion ban, which consists of essentially like tattletailing um, you know, kind of like a bounty rule where you tattletale on someone you think might have received an abortion and then somebody gets arrested and the other person gets money. It's really shitty. It's stupid. Tennessee has some incredibly corrupt, dumb politicians because even though Nashville is a pretty liberal city and um, that's where I live, obviously, there's a lot of very conservative cities and towns around us, and the majority, I mean, the state is red, even though Nashville itself is, for the most part, a very, fairly liberal place to, to live. So, so those, are the, those are the things to keep our eyes on right now as we kind of look at the world and see what is happening. Those are the things to, you know, kind of call your representatives on. I definitely am here in Tennessee. Um call your representatives, keep an eye on the news. I keep saying it and I'm sure it's like really, really old, but you know, empathy is always better than apathy. I'm not asking you to tank your metal, your, you know, your mental health. I am, I'm just saying like, it's really easy to get like numb to things. And I'm just encouraging people to not get numb to them because the second we get numb, we get complacent and complacency is where like rights start slipping away. So yeah, we'll move on to housekeeping. No real housekeeping news. Thank you to everyone who, you know, joined Patreon this week. This coming Tuesday is the first AMA. I'm so excited to sit down with the people in the Hierophant and Lover's Tears and chat all things tarot over Zoom. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And then, of course, thank you to those who have reviewed this past week. Literally makes my whole day. I know that that sounds cliche, but it does. It makes my whole day. Anyone who has commented or tagged me in posts or in their stories or reviewed on Apple, like it is such a highlight and it makes me so happy to know that the podcast resonates and is helpful and is fun to listen to. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's very encouraging and I love it. Speaking of Apple reviews, Gabe and I were talking about something fun you know, you can like we could do to like say thank you. And I think that we are going to once we hit 100 reviews on Apple, I'm going to film. Well, I won't be filming it. My phone will be on a standee somewhere. But um, we are going to film Gabe pieing me in the face um, as kind of a fun thank you for 100 reviews. We're at 44 reviews right now, which is so great. Um, so, yeah, let's get me pied in the face. Anyway, let's move on to the podcast. So what's really, really funny, um, or I guess fun, not funny, although it could be also funny, is that when I started my Instagram long, long, long time ago, 
Um, I, I modeled it after the judgment card. I pulled a card for my journey with tarot altogether and what Instagram would bring to it. I was kind of deciding if I ever wanted to join Instagram. This is when Instagram was really big and I didn't know any other tarot readers and I, I, want, I kind of wanted and felt this need to branch out and learn from others and be in the community. There's only so much Google can do for you and only so much books you can read. So I wanted to meet and talk and chat with other readers. So I pulled a card for kind of like the theme of my Instagram and my journey with tarot and I pulled the judgment card. And I was kind of like, okay. So I was like, so my Instagram handle is judgmental tarot. Sounds wrong. Um, but no, it's a, that's why I'm awakened tarot because judgment is an awakening. It's a reckoning. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about judgment. Um, my random pulling of cards to talk about on this podcast has led us to another major arcana. Huzzah. Um, so let's talk about judgment. Judgment is card 20 in the Major Arcana. It is the penultimate card of the tarot. So the, the, um, of the Major Arcana. It is the penultimate card of the Major Arcana. It comes right before the world. And as we know, the world ends it. In Judgment, um, when you're looking at it, in, it's a, it's a, the background is blue. There is an angel and they have a trumpet in their mouth and there's a flag under them and they are blowing their horn. And on the ground, there are gray people raising their arms and their faces to the sky to meet the angel. And they're standing in coffins. Uh, the people there is, it looks like children um, and adults all together coming out of their coffins from the dead to look into the face of this angel, look into the face of the sound. Uh, it's very interesting, the concept of judgment, right? Um, I think especially if, um, the, the picture on this card evokes a very strong, like, um, Christian Christianity background type thing, which is like, you know, in the rapture, Jesus comes back. It's the second coming of the Lord and an angel blows a horn and then all the dead shall rise and we shall all rise together and do something like, even though it's like the dead when you die, you're supposed to go to heaven immediately. I don't know. Anyway, so it's this whole thing, but it starts with the blowing of his trumpet, the return of Jesus, the return, the, the second coming of the Lord starts and is hearkened by trumpet. Um, so that those are, those are judgment days. That is the judgment day. That is when, you know, we are, all of us, whether we have died or not, are brought to heaven or sunk to hell. That's the biblical in a very cheeky biblical interpretation of revelations. Um, but that's obviously not really like the heart of the card in tarot, right? Like, even though it is kind of related to that biblical scene of rising up and awakening, you know, Pamela Coleman Smith is an artist and she, she painted the most evocative way of looking at it. And what you see here is something so vital that even the dead, hear it a sound a message so loud it wakes the dead it rolls them over in their in their graves it it wakes up not the literal dead but the the parts of us that have been quiet and dormant are brought back to life and we finally hear the sound we hear the call and we look up finally because we have gone through the whole tarot and we have We've gone through the lifeline. We've gone through the death line. We've been reborn. We have learned all about all of the other mechanisms of life and spirituality and what it means to be enlightened. And now we come to this point where not only are we enlightened 
every single piece of us that has died has been reawakened. And we are going to reckon with all of the things, with our whole journeys, with everything we have done, with everything we didn't get to do, um, with everything that we wish we could have been and everything that we ended up being that we didn't expect. We are coming to a reckoning with it. It's a really, really intense, beautiful card that doesn't just mean you were good or you were bad. It's not like a it's not like, um, you know, it's not like the courtroom card where you're being passed down this judgment. But it is this moment of, you know, we talked about the world and I talked about it, not necessarily meaning that everything turned out happy ending Disney, um, because that's not necessarily what it means. It means that everything has come full circle. So in judgment, it tempers our expectations. It wakens us up to what is. It's kind of this moment, like this is a really easy example, I think, because it's really relatable to like all of us. It's really this moment like in a breakup when or in a relationship where you kind of come to this point, I would say like, you know, like every relationship has this point where you kind of come to terms with something, right? Where either you come to terms with, yes, like I love this person and this is the person I want to be with forever or you know what, like, I desperately want this to be the person, but it's not safe for me or it's not for me for any any X, Y, Z of reasons. And now it's time for me to go. That is judgment. That's the reckoning. That is the, <laughs> the come to Jesus moment, right? The come to Jesus moment of, okay, like, here is what is real. This is what we have. This is what we are. This is the loud horn in the sky that tells us, very loudly how things are going to how things are going to go from here it shows us how many loose ends there are it shows us what it helps us come to terms with things without that reckoning that awakening it would be almost impossible to get to the world to that full circle ending it's kind of like um it's kind of like uh judgment is the if the world is the final credits or the final act of your favorite series finale, right? Then judgment is the start of that episode. It's watching everything play out. It's hoping that these things get, hoping that all of the writers come together and they draw from every single significant moment or character or character arc that has happened before and they give everyone a full circle, no loose end moment. And that's the coming to terms with all of the things that may have been left undone or unsaid or that need to be said, or it's a moment to applaud yourself for having come to this conclusion or having come to this moment where you are in your final, you know, it's kind of like proofreading, right? It's writing a whole paper. It's looking back and proofreading and being like, okay, this is the reckoning. Is this good enough to press? Is this good enough to press submit on? Because that's another thing, right? It's, it's super relatable. We all went to like fucking school, like, how many of us wrote a paper and we were like, is this paper going to be good enough to get me a certain grade? So here's the thing. And this is a really great illusion. Holy shit. Like 
when you write a paper, you are either fully into writing this paper and you have done all of the work that you needed to do to write this paper. You have research, you have citations, you have the perfect quotes, you have it completely organized, or you did what I did, even though I went to college for English, and you fucking winged it. You winged the entire thing and you made up sources sometimes or you scoured for sources, or you wrote the entire paper with your own knowledge, and then you scoured for sources after the fact to fill everything in. My friends, when you are about to submit your paper, that is the reckoning, that is the judgment, that is the coming to Je- the come to Jesus moment, the come to reality moment, where you have to be like, I'm about to press motherfucking submit. What the fuck kind of grade am I going to get? Now, it worked out, my method worked out for me. It's called a heuristic of, like a heuristic, and a heuristic is kind of this process of how you go about doing things. My heuristic is procrastination. It does not always serve me well. Sometimes it serves me really well. But that's the thing, right? You have to come to terms with certain things. Like, I know that because my heuristic of writing is procrastination, that I run the risk of it being really fucking shitty a really fucking shitty paper that I'm going to have to be willing to fucking put my back into it and press submit. And that is judgment. It is not always like this happy-go-lucky, I aced this, but sometimes it's like, I fucking tried my best. I procrastinated. I put all of my final efforts into it. I'm going to proofread it and I'm going to hope that with the efforts that I did put in, it did good enough to get me a B. (laughs) I mean, or an A or or whatever else. It's kind of this moment of reflection to be really, really brutally honest with yourself of, did I actually put in the effort worth what I'm trying to get in the world? Right? This is a card that confronts you with, if you're specifically white, like in cisgendered, this is a card that may confront you with your privilege. Oh, wow. Like, I had a lot going for me to get to where I am in life. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle, but it doesn't mean I struggled as hard or had as many obstacles to overcome as others. It's a card that presents you with the realities of a situation. And it's it's a very intense look at you. I mean, like to the concept of coming back from the dead, right? Of raising the dead. Um, and this card, it's a bunch of gray corpses, raising their heads to the sky. We're all we're all going to decompose. We're all going to fall to pieces. We're all going to have the good and the bad and the ugly to really confront at some point. And that is judgment. And that is what tarot did for me. And that is if you wanted to replace judgment with any word, you could replace it with awakening or reckoning. And I think that that's that's really beautiful. And I think that it's a really important card to get to, to confront, to sit with, to hold space for before we come to the world, which is an ending and a beginning. It's a full circle moment. You can't have an ending without a beginning. And I think, I keep saying, I think that's beautiful, but I really do. I really do think it's beautiful. I think the whole tarot altogether is beautiful. I really, I got the opportunity to do a lot of readings this week. And every time I get to do a reading for somebody, it really truly is. I am always astounded with just how amazing that tarot is and how much it can do for us and how much it can say and how much comfort it brings, even when we're dealing with something that's not comfortable or is hard or may not show us at our most lovely so yeah, 
But as we all know, it is the part of the podcast where I get up and preach more to you about what my uh, very religious past taught me about the Bible, which has turned out to be fairly useless at this point in my life. But here we go. Uh, It is actually the collective reading. And this coming week, we are sitting with the emperor. We're sitting in card four of the major arcana. We are going to be witnessing things and seeing things and experiencing things that to us, we're going to be, let me rephrase. We're going to be dealing with the concept of permanency. When we talk about the emperor, we're talking about dealing with a very stable, sturdy energy. We're talking about the energy of oak trees and canyons and rivers. These are things that take really, really, really long time to form, really, really long times to form. Um, And it, as well as very, very pretty, you know, pretty slowly, a a slow and natural time to destroy or to change or to evolve. It's a very stable energy. We can always, we can pretty much depend that an ocean is going to stay the ocean. Or we can pretty much depend that the um, very large oak tree that's strong and not sick in our backyard is going to stay standing. That doesn't mean that you know, um, acts of what is called, like acts of God don't happen. Like, uh, my old nanny family one day, this is a great story, I promise, and relates to what I'm talking about, but I came into work one day a few years ago for my previous nanny family, who I'm still very close to shout out to John, if you're listening to this, but I, uh, I walked into their, into their kitchen. I looked out into the backyard and I was like, holy shit, your big tree is down. And I looked at John and I said, what happened? And he looked at me and he said, an act of God. And what he meant was a very large thing of lightning hit the tree and the tree fell and created a nice little tree bridge over the stream down the hill in their backyard. But it was, he just looked at me and said, act of God. So barring an act of God, we can pretty much depend for very large structures to stay permanent in our lives. What is not guaranteed is that they are always going to look the same or be the same or be experienced the same. So, you know, this coming week, look at those things. Look at the things in your life that are, that you don't even have to worry about being there. Maybe, you know, like, you know, like maybe that's like your relationship or your, um, your car working or you having, you know, your, your flowers have bloomed or something like that. Things that you always expect, things that are always there and have a little bit of grace if things kind of shift or change or aren't always how we expect them this week, the emperor is a really beautiful reminder that even things that are permanent can shift. Like fault lines, like trees, like little acts of God, right? So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on, as always, the world and see things there, things that we always thought were true and held true, see how they shift and and form and yet still hold up in some way. See what things need to actually be kicked down and what things we need to uphold. Um, and, you know, on a really big scale and also on a micro scale in your own personal lives, like maybe a routine isn't really working for you anymore. Maybe you need to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. But yeah, that's the collective reading. And that is the episode. And as always, I'm going to promptly jump right out of this bitch. Bye bye.